0: This is Courtney Cronendold, and you're listening to Cobras and Fire, and I have just two words for you about this show. Me too.
1: You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network, featuring special guests. Professional comedian and amateur monkeys fan,
2: Courtney Cronin Dole.
1: Welcome to Cobas and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am not going to be joined by my normal co-host, Luce Cannon. We are in the dog days of summer, people, and that means he is trying to squeeze in as much family time as he can come back to the show and complain about as he can. But that doesn't mean we don't have something special lined up. As you know, on August 25th in Nashville, Tennessee, it is Rockin' Pod Expo 2, people. And uh, joining me tonight and filling in for loose is a guest of the show from last year's Expo, and that is uh, comedian Courtney Cronin-Dold. We talk about all sorts of crazy stuff. And then, you know, we also talk a little bit of what you can expect if you come out to Nashville. You don't just get to talk to me or meet Courtney. You get to meet Head from Corn or Ron Keel from the Ron Keel Band. Uh, Or even like our our most recent guest, Erie Vaughn of Sam Hain and Danzig fame. Make sure you, you, you find time to make the trek to Nashville. It'll be a blast. I promise you, if you don't have a good time, I will pay for your entire trip. Disclaimer, I am not going to be paying for anybody's entire trip. That said, let's get off into this episode with Courtney Cronin Dold. I just want to say right now, she picked all the music.
3: I saw her face, and I'm a believer, and not a trace, a doubt in my mind, I'm in love. I'm a believer, I
1: couldn't leave her if I tried. I'd like to welcome to the program uh, the one and only Courtney Cronin-Dold. Uh, I actually got through all three names this time. Courtney, how are you this evening?
0: <laughs> I'm good. <clears throat> Only two of my names are doing well. The third one's not doing so well.
1: Oh, that's too bad. Uh, the Dold is kind of a little uh, sluggish tonight?
0: <laughs> no, that's going really well. Oh. It's the... <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. no one wants to, No one wants to call me by my full name anymore like comedians just won't do it even though I've been married for eight years like people still call me Courtney Cronin which is fine but everyone always messes it up which is fun so thank you for for not messing it up that was that was fun. Not like I care, anyway. Yeah. Not like anyone. Not like anyone knows who I am. But um,
1: thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I know who you are. You know, um, we, uh, we when we talked in Nashville, you know, you were kind of giving me uh, the rundown on a lot of the things you've worked on over the years, um, and including you had that show with Jay Moore on ESPN, correct? Yes. Now, uh, more, more sports. Mm-hmm. Now, when I returned home to Minnesota after that, a few weeks later, you know, football season was getting started, and on the radio, it said we were going to have ESPN's Courtney Cronin up next to talk to the Minnesota Vikings, and I was I, really yeah. excited. I'm like, "Oh my lord, she <laughs> is she back at ESPN?" And it was it wasn't you.
0: It's not me. <clears throat> she does not like it when people uh, mistake uh, us for each other. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. She apparently does not find it funny. But someone, like, tweeted something and was like, hey, Courtney, great job, or that was hilarious. She's like, I am not the comedian,
3: Courtney Cronin.
0: I am much younger and have a better job and make more money. Um, yeah, so She seemed she, kind
1: of uh, fickle.
0: She doesn't find it funny. I think it's hilarious. In fact, I just did a submission for this show Um For that girl – oh, my God, how awful. I forgot her name already. This young comedian, this female. She does – Steve? She does – no, she does this (laughs) this sports show online and – or I think she's on – I don't even know. But they're giving her her own digital nighttime sports talk show kind of like Jay had. So I was – asked to submit for it, so I was submitting for it and the one of the producers wrote me back and they're like, oh, don't you already work at ESPN? And we didn't know you were a comedy writer. I'm like, no, no. That's not me.
1: <clears throat> I was I'm just like, other. she never mentioned anything about football when we were in Nashville.
0: I actually don't really know anything about football either, so...
1: Now that I find less surprising, yeah.
0: I, because I'm a woman and women don't know things. Because, so and I'm a, and I, I'm a
1: sexist and... Uh, <laughs> And as you know, on on first impressions, I'm a very superior person, too. Uh,
0: Yes, you are. You're very, very superior. (laughs) Um, I just don't like football. I like basketball. And uh, I watch a ton of basketball. The Clippers, if I recall. Huh?
1: The Clippers, if I recall.
0: I like the Clippers. I like the Mavericks. I like the Celtics. I just like basketball.
1: So... So I mean, but, uh, like summer league stuff. You're, you're even down for that, or what about that that three on three tournament that the old retired basketball players do now? That's
0: actually super cool, and I would totally love to go to that. But, <laughs> and I would go to summer league too. I would.
1: Here's the real crux. What about the WNBA?
0: I have watched WNBA. I've been actually wanting to go. I've never been to a live game, and I don't know why. I, I would enjoy it, but I have watched
1: it. So you're a fan. You are you're. you're uh... I don't know how to say this. Uh, I'm, trying to make, I'm trying to make fun of women's basketball because I'm a sexist.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Um, I feel bad that I don't know more about it, and I'm not more involved in watching it. And it- I feel bad that I'm not because I love basketball in general. It's terrible that I'm not.
1: I, I've, I've always thought Eric Singer from Kiss was uh, the WNBA of drummers. He's very fundamentally sound. <laughs>
3: He,
0: speaking of people that love basketball, Eric knows everything about every team and every
1: player. That knows, like, for a guy his thing. height, that's that's kind of impressive.
0: No, he really does because we, the first day I got to Kiss Expo, we Craig and I just happened to be on the same flight as Eric, so we got to be picked up with him. And we all got to ride in the car together. Epic name drop. And I'd actually run into him at a basketball game before and and talked to him at a. In fact, with Keith Larue. Epic name drop. And so Craig's like uh eric courtney let's talk about basketball whatever so next thing you know the whole morning it was just like this player that player this team that team we were just talking about like every team our favorite players what happened last season and then we all ended up going to breakfast together and the basketball conversation continued and um eric knows quite a bit quite a bit more than the average person about basketball
1: did he just pull up in a harley at your house Huh? Uh, Did Eric Singer just pull up at your house on riding a Harley or something? I heard a motorcycle in the background.
0: Oh no, no, that was. uh... (laughs) I I can't think of anything funny. I was gonna. I was trying to think of like who rides a motorcycle, and everyone I wanted to say is dead.
1: Oh, so not funny. Might have been funny. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Well, you know, I, I touched on it just a minute ago. Now, we actually first met at the Nashville Airport, and I didn't know uh, you were in the car already. So, yeah. I remember after like being introduced to you later at the Expo, and it was shortly before you joined our show. I was—I that's when it became clear to me that you weren't with Billy Hardaway. <laughs>
0: I'm not I'm not with Billy. That is so funny that you thought that
1: though. Well I just I didn't I didn't know what was going on. I was I had was just meeting Loose Cannon at, at the at the airport and we were getting picked up by Billy was all we were told. And he showed up in the car. Now I think he may have said something, but you know, I was kind of lost in the moment a little bit. But I thought it was weird that – because we ended up going out for dinner with him, and, and you weren't with, and I didn't want to say anything. So uh, <laughs> I really I really didn't put a whole lot of thought into it, to be fair. I didn't, like, break this down and and, uh, and think about it. But that was just like, yeah, oh, whatever. I, if I came off a bit aloof, uh, I, I apologize.
0: No, I, I'm just surprised at that. But, uh, you know, I mean – I'm just surprised that if even if if I was Billy's woman, you'd think you would even be less of a dick.
2: (laughs) Oh,
1: so you you do concur that or you uh, corroborate my uh, belief that maybe I was a little uh, dickish at the time.
0: No, 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 you weren't. Actually, you just didn't. You just could give a shit about talking to me. I could tell. And then I'm like, whoa, these guys are like (laughs) big time. God
4: damn, I'm a handsome man. head to toe
1: smoking's what I am.
0: They they think they're so cool. So, okay. All right. And then, um, when I got, I feel like we, I, I forget what happened. We went somewhere else and then came back to get you. I don't know why. Okay. I forget. But then someone's like, no, they're really funny. And, um, and just goofing around. And I thought, huh? Okay. But I thought you guys were like, because sometimes this happens to me, where I meet like other people. Because you guys are funny, funny how? But you're not professional comedians, no. you know. But you're still, you're still funny guys. So what happens is because this is what I do for a living. Because I'm not on all the time, you know. I'm just not. You right. Know, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. But but when I meet a guy who's funny, right away they assume that I'm going to be annoying. <laughs> And I'm just going to be like telling jokes all the time. And this happens to me a lot. And then after a while, it's like you talk to me and you realize, oh, OK, she's just like normal. Like she's not, you know, this is her job. This is what she does for a living. But she doesn't have to be like, hey, I'm funny all the time. Let's make jokes. Oh, my vagina is on fire. Hey, what? Ah. you know, like I'm not because that ha- happens sometimes like I'll be out with people. And like this happened recently, like I was out with some people and. One of the guys that was with us is like, he's the funny guy in the group, you know. So right away he starts like hucking street jokes at me just for no reason.
3: <laughs>
0: and they were so dirty. And I'm just like, OK, man, cool, you know. And then he's like, you tell one. And I was like, OK. So I always tell the same street joke. It's just super simple. It's um, and it's you can tell it's old uh, by the way it starts salesman comes to the door of a house knocks on the door i mean a salesman comes to the front door it's like a hundred year old joke um
1: is he wearing knickers
0: yeah (laughs) he comes to the door and says say mister um so he knocks on the door and a 10 year old kid opens the door and he's standing there in a robe with a cigar in one hand and a glass of whiskey in the other and a porno magazine under his arm and the salesman goes excuse me young man is your father home and the kid says, what the fuck do you think?
3: <laughs>
0: and that's the joke. I mean, it's super, super simple, but that's my, uh, tell us a joke. Be funny. Because, like, I people do that a lot. It happens to every person in comedy. But whatever they do for a living, I'm like, build me a house.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Cook me a meal. Write me a song.
1: What about a drunk guy uh, wanting to share a joke with you after a, a set? Is that that happened? Yeah, I don't mind. Really? No. I mean, because I did it one time, and I was the drunk guy in in this scenario, you, and it did. I don't remember the guy's name. I mean, it was a. I mean, he was playing in Mankato, Minnesota, at a bar, not a comedy club. Nobody famous, but I thought he was good, and I was also really hammered and, and kind of young. and In hindsight, it seems really stupid what I did, but at the time, it seemed like a fucking great idea. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, he would like I remember he tore into me a little bit. <laughs> it's like, you think that's funny? You think he's fucking come up here and tell me a joke? You think because I fucking tell you know something like that? So I don't know.
0: That's insecurity.
1: That was a last time I did it, though.
0: If anyone has something... I mean, and said, you know what would be better is if you did it this way, that's annoying. Mm. But, like, if you went up and you're like, hey, I thought of something funny for you and, um, you know, I mean, that's what I do for a living is I go up to other comics and go, hey, I thought of something funny for you. Can I write something? And they go, yeah, sure. Or they go, no, I'm good. You know, because that's sure. what I do. Most I mostly write for other people. In fact, I was writing stuff for someone today and I wrote this joke. It's totally in his voice. But then I went, "Ah, oh, you know what? I want to keep this one." And I kept it. <laughs> I kept it.
1: Can you tell but, us who it was for and and the joke?
0: Uh, I don't want to say who it's for because he hasn't officially hired me yet. This Fair is enough. like it's a, a trial based.
1: We're pretty. I'm pretty sure then it's John Wayne Bobbitt.
0: It is. It's okay. John Wayne
1: Bobbitt. Okay. So what was the joke um, you wrote for John Wayne Bobbitt that you're keeping? Um,
0: uh, the joke was uh, the the setup still needs work, but it's a joke I wrote a long time ago that I had to like rework. It's a joke I wrote for a roast like four years ago. Oh, I was going to talk about Lita Ford. I love Lita Ford. She's amazing. Do you guys know that she, you guys most of you know she got her start in a band called The Runaways, which is an all female band that kicked open the doors for other pretty girl bands like the Go-Go's, Vixen and Poison. <laughs> It doesn't work with any other band. So I was trying to, like, fit in another band because he already has a poison joke. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'll try another band. And then nothing worked. I thought Winger, maybe. Nah. Bon Jovi, funny. maybe?
1: Yeah. Nah, po- poison's the punchline for sure. I'm is. I'm just saying if you, if you use a different one, there is a couple. but uh,
0: I tried. It wasn't funny. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep this one.
1: If you wanted to switch it to uh, Ugly Women, then you could throw in Twisted Sister.
0: That's funny. I have 6,000 Twisted Sister jokes because I, <laughs> because I wrote for the roast of D. Snyder. I have so many Twisted Sister jokes. They're just all sitting here. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with all of those. I'm going to have to recycle a couple for something, but um, uh, I have more D. Snyder jokes than one should have.
4: So,
1: I would think two is the maximum anybody should carry around with them.
0: Yeah, no. Maybe I, three. I
1: have,
0: I have a lot. I have a lot, and they're all really mean.
1: They're all really, well, it's a roast.
0: Yeah, this roast is pretty harsh. Uh, but yeah.
1: One thing I wanted to ask you, because, uh, you know, uh, we're obviously f- uh, friends on Facebook. A while back, you and I got into it a little bit over Monica Lewinsky. Now, uh, do you are you actually friends with Monica on a personal level? I mean, I kind of, I kind of got that inference, but I didn't want to drag this into a huge battle over Monica Lewinsky with you, especially on social media. So I, I kind of bailed at a certain point.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. And then we ended up deleting the whole thing. Monica and I were friends in high school. She was uh, one of my best friends in high school. And we hung out all the time and we studied together and we stayed friends through college. And then we lost touch right when everything happened mm-hmm. with President Clinton. And I, I, uh, I was approached by um, the tabloids and stuff because all of her pictures from like junior and senior year were are with me and these four other girls and so there was like a small group of us and i just kind of got roped in and you know the phone was ringing and um i felt bad because people were like saying bad things about her and i just couldn't believe it because she was such a good friend and such a great person and she's super smart and super funny like we used to laugh all the time and we had so many inside jokes and we had so much fun and um and we were really innocent. Like we didn't go out and party. We didn't go to parties and smoke weed. Like we didn't do that stuff. Like we, we would do stupid things like have like a stakeout with like the four of us in my car and eat popcorn and drink diet Cokes and like just sit in the car and like, I don't know, it was stupid. Like we were really innocent. And um, I just feel bad when people kind of like rip her apart because like one thing people don't really think about is like, they're like, well, why'd she do it? She's an adult and he's married and she should have known better. But it's like when you're being, um, when you're being, uh, seduced, whether you make the first move or not, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like if you weren't getting a lot of te- attention from guys and then that's the guy that likes <laughs> you and is paying attention to you, it's like, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I don't know. Probably not what I, she did. But, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I just don't.
1: I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, I don't want to turn this into a, a rehash on our, on our views and the whole thing. I don't disagree with anything you said there. I don't think it's an unforgivable crime. I'm not asking for her to be locked up. I think in some of these recent things, what irked me with her, and again, I don't know her personally, because if I did, it would change everything. Uh, so I, I, we we definitely have a different relationship with it. Uh, I just don't think she's a victim, and she kind of plays that a little bit like, you don't realize how, look, you know what, I get it. Things blew up and probably got away from you. You're young enough to, you're old enough to know better, but young enough to kind of not have to, like, if he wasn't the President of the United States, he, she wouldn't be dragging this through the rest of her life. But he was. But uh, he was. And um, the
0: part the part she talks about being a victim, I think, was the Ken Starr interrogation and all the stuff that was said to her and how she was threatened. There she was a victim. And then the way she was bullied in the media and on the Internet, there she was a victim. I don't think she feels like she was a victim of his.
1: Well, she, all that She's stuff happened really because of, uh, th- of of the relationship is all I'm getting at. You know, we make this tr- – There's certain choices we make in life, Courtney, and there's repercussions, good and bad, that come with all of that. So, but whatever, I I, I thought it was very interesting that uh, I'm basically one degree of separation from uh, Monica Lewinsky, you know, because, you know, I always kind of had a little uh, uh, girl who likes old guys fetish, so.
0: Oh,
1: okay. So now I year my hookup.
0: Actually, Monica and I connected on Twitter the other day. Like I support all her stuff. Okay. And sh- and she kind of sent me a little note like, "Oh my god, how are you?" you know. Is it that was the really first nice.
1: time you've talked in a while or? In a while, yeah. Probably okay. 10 years, yeah. So she doesn't so. come to the class reunions? <laughs> no.
4: No, no. Yeah. And they've got to choose your words wisely, always careful what you said. In a moment of doubt, And dirty will sound Now we've got to stick your head. Cause you said it, you meant it. You must admit what you said. You could show caution, tread your path lightly, but you said something else instead. Your words set a standard of life, not matched by the life you led Put in your mouth It's hard to take out a sanctioned as a spinning spread Cause you said it You meant it You must admit what you said You meant it You said it Said exactly what you meant Most of the time I try to speak politely and that I pissed her off Step out in line With liquid with courage in me Pretty soon I stopped to five. But I said it I meant it Meant every word that I said No matter what's true Discretion's not a clue What's better off left on said Your words what's on your mind Burn to ash and mash it down Put your foot in your mouth It's all Take out, run and run and run and you down Cause you said it, you meant it You must have meant what you said You meant it, you said it Said exactly
3: what she meant
4: Take get wrong Even if it's small Even if it's slightly Your standards won't match their own Cause you said it You meant it You must have meant what you said Slip of the tongue Just don't happen to anyone Listen as the message is spread Double standard is the standard of life Not matched by the life they play your foot in your mouth, it's hard to take out the green light of the go-ahead Cause you said it, you meant it, you must admit what you said You meant it, you said it, said exactly what you meant
1: go to high school
0: and where where is she from uh she's from beverly hills and i actually went to high school in la i went to high school in west hollywood at this small high school like right off the sunset strip like the famous tower records was yeah. like you could you could spit on it from my high school so i spent a lot of time up and down the sunset strip and that's where i learned um how to be a prostitute no i i was gonna that's say
1: where- i was gonna go you've had to have had sex with Polly shore then
0: Oh God, absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not his type. Um, but uh, I've never swung around a pole.
1: <laughs> oh I, I thought we were going uh, a gay joke there, but
0: no, uh. no, 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 no,, no. he likes strippers. Um, I uh, but I went you know, I used to go see a lot of music and I'd hang out up there, and that's where I you know start hanging out at the comedy clubs, and I didn't really start doing comedy until I was a few years out of high school, but um, but I went to high school right there, so I was always hanging around up there. And uh, it was a pretty cool place to go to school.
1: Getting to know you uh, through Facebook, I, I you have a, a pretty broad... Uh, m- you know, I have a pretty wide music taste, I think. But when, when someone has it a little more broad than I am, I'm always kind of uh, intrigued by that. You, you know, you kind of run the gamut from, like, hair metal, kiss, to, I don't know, a lot of lighter stuff. Uh, how would you describe your taste in music?
0: I like good melodies. That's it? I... I like a good melody and I like music that gives me a feeling about something. Like if it makes me feel good, I like it. I like so basically the only music I really don't listen to on purpose is like really like current pop. I can't handle it.
1: It's one song or it's just the same beat uh, or something. But I
0: can't do current pop. I can't do like current hip hop and, and rap. I like like old school rap and hip hop. Like I can handle that. Like I like that. I'm not I'm not listening to it all the time though, but my husband likes it. And um and I can't do pop country. I can't do like that ultra poppy, like dumbed down lyrics country. I can't do it. I like
1: Bro like, country they call that.
0: What, what do they call it?
1: Bro Country. Red, red,
0: red, 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 red neck.
4: round here don't listen to the Beatles run. Old Bo Severs threw a box needle at the honky-tonk where they boot stomp all night. What? That's right. Yeah, and what they call work digging in the dirt. Gotta get it in the ground before the rain come down to get paid to
3: get the girl in your four-wheel drive.
4: Yeah, the boys round here drinking that ice-cold beer. talking about girls, talking about trucks, and them red dirt robes out kicking up dust The boys round here Sending up a prayer to the man upstairs Backwoods legit, don't take no lip Shoot him back a, shoot him back a, shoot him back a spit Oh heck red red, 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 red,
0: red, red, I can't do it I can't do it And I can't, I don't like um, electronica Or like DJ kind of music <laughs> And, like, I, and I don't like, um, like, speed metal or anything too harsh. But I pretty much like everything else.
1: Okay. Even reggae? I like it all. A
0: mm, little bit.
1: Yeah, that's a, like, that, that's a form of music I just never clicked with.
0: A little bit. You know, my sister listens to it. It's okay. It doesn't bother me. I like ska, like, a little bit more, kind of. But, like, I like the English beat, and I've seen them in concert a bunch of times. Okay. It's just a fun – it's a fun show, and they have great songs. So, like, I don't really th- – see myself liking like a certain genre of music is I like certain bands that are just happen to be spread all over the place. Like my favorite bands are squeeze and crowded house, but I also have every single album by Jonathan Brooke and Genesis and journey and the police and kiss and, um, the monkeys and the monkeys. <laughs> I have everything the monkeys have ever done. And I'm just a music fan, I guess.
1: You know, uh, I think about Jamal. eight, eight years ago, I was unaware of anybody actually being a, like, regular fan of the Monkees. Uh, and then I met one guy. And then basically since I got into podcasting, I, I've been shocked that there are so many people who take them seriously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> explain that to me.
0: <laughs> um, well, I mean, everyone gets into the Monkees as a little kid. I mean, everyone I know.
1: They all, yeah. I, I I got into Granimals when I was a kid I don't still wear them
0: right uh, I know the monkeys is something well kiss you get into as a kid you don't really grow out of that I mean grown men still buy kiss toys
1: yeah but a TV producer didn't uh, put them together and you know sanction all their songs to be written by a couple guys. It's a little different, don't you think? I mean, these, it, it's, it's they came from different. the mean streets of, of Brooklyn. You know what I mean? <laughs> the monkeys, you know, one of the guys' mom invented White or, or Out, right?
0: Uh, yeah, but they were all still musicians and singers. They were all still performers.
1: Well, I, I, mean, well I, I, don't, I kind of feel the same way about American Idol in a sense of like, you know, when you sell your soul, you don't get to bitch about it. I, uh, and that's kind of what they could. They chose to accept these roles. Now, I'm not sure I would have done something different, but. No, it's a
0: job. I mean, they were all like really young and they got a TV show and all they had to do was audition to be actors on a TV show at the same time audition to be part of this band. I mean, when bands are putting themselves together, aren't they always like looking for a lead singer and you audition somebody and then you pick that person? Does that mean that, you know, because they don't write the songs and they just sing them that they're not just
1: as important? They're y- not a real y- band? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on any legitimate <laughs> point.
3: <laughs> okay, all right.
0: Well, whatever. I mean, it, it's for fun, and no, it, I, it, it is entertaining. It is entertaining, and, and it's just fun. And the people that are in that world are kind of goofy and fun and silly, and that's how I've made some friends over the years. And I don't know. I just enjoy it.
1: That that I mean, good for anybody that does. And, and and all joking aside, it does amaze me because of my own view, right? That so yeah. many so many people that I respect uh, on a, on a personal level like professional wrestling and the monkeys, not necessarily both, but <laughs> I, it's it's amazing how many people that like I think of I, I hold in high regard as far as their intellect, and then they love fucking WWE or something like that. And I'm like, I just don't get it. But you know, I. Maybe I'm missing something is what I'm wondering.
0: I don't know. You know, I interviewed to be a writer there. They like flew me out and flew me to the WWE headquarters in Stanford and put me in a hotel. Yeah. And I went in and I had to go pitch ideas to Stephanie McMahon and she did not really care what I had to say. She talked the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) She talked the whole time about her storyline and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and that whole thing. And, you know, she talked about it up until she stopped being regularly, you know, in the show, I call them shows, Um, you know, regularly in the shows. And my whole thing was I wanted to write stuff for the divas. So I came in with a bunch of ideas for the current divas and stuff I wanted to do. And, you know, because they don't call it comedy. They call uh, Vince calls it humor. So I had to be really careful and choose my words and, and say humor. This is what I think would be great humor for the for the divas. Um, But one of the cool things, uh, it was a really cool day. Obviously I didn't get the job, but part of it was I just got married. And at the time, you know, I think we were you know, going to start a family and all those things. And basically the job would become like my entire life. And I wasn't ready to like commit to that. All right. It was just, it was a little too much. And, uh, you have to like want it so, so badly. And I just, I just didn't. And I'm sure it would have been a great opportunity, but I know, like, they have a really, I mean, they have a revolving door there of writers. People get so stressed out and they quit all the time. I have, like, three friends that work there and they all quit because of the stress. So one of the things they tell you, like, your last – you have, like, six meetings throughout the day. And then the last meeting um, – was with uh, I forget what her name was. She was really cool, but one of the things she says in the meeting, without really saying it, is "Are you okay with you know uh, a loud and stressful environment?" And then she just came right out and she said, "Because when because Vince yells, and I'm like, okay, you know, I've worked with a lot of bosses that yell, you know." She goes, "He yells, and sometimes he gets mad, and he gets passionate about things, and he'll yell, and sometimes that happens when you're on the plane with him." Cause you all have to fly together on the plane cause you write on the plane okay. like on the way to the, to the next venue. And she goes and sometimes he'll be yelling and you're trapped on a plane with him. And, and how, how do you think you'd handle that? Like that was something I had to answer and i was like i don't know tell him to shut the fuck up and kick him in the face like what, what what's i supposed to what am i supposed to say oh that's fine i don't mind i love being yelled at by big scary menacing guys
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll smile and nod politely and then piss in his coffee
0: exactly yeah. exactly
1: passive aggressive uh, baby
0: uh uh-huh. so and then what ends up happening is your final interview is actually your limo driver going back to the airport oh yeah <laughs> and i figured it out really quickly and then I com- confronted him with it and he said, well, you know, everyone else I drive to the airport when they get on the phone with their agents and whatever, because I had to call my agent and tell them everything that happened. He's like, they all sound super excited and they, they can't wait to start here and they want to move here and they want to start. And you didn't sound like that.
1: That's kind of a messed up way to do it. Kind of eavesdrop on people.
0: Yeah, that's what he does. And then he's he's like their, um, the McMahon's, he's been the McMahon's driver for like 25 years or something like that. He knows the whole family. He's the (laughs) family's driver. And he was telling me about Stephanie and her husband and the kids and, Uh, and, and, and the McMahons and everything and how he takes care of them. And he wants to make sure the right people are here. And he even said to me, which I think is incredibly inappropriate. And probably would, if I really wanted to make a big deal out of it, I probably could have. Because he says, well, you know, I heard you say you just got married. Um, Are you thinking of starting a family? And I was like, "I, you know, we're not sure, but maybe soon. He goes, well, you're not going to be able to do that if you work here. And I was like, whoa, that's fucked up.
1: (laughs) It's it's just part of the test, Courtney.
0: No, I'm not kidding. It was like, what is going on? It is a really weird day and then they throw you in the lunchroom and just by coincidence the writer's assistant happens to sit next to you gee what a coincidence Uh, so i just pumped him for information and he was actually really cool and uh gave me a lot of inside info but um no one on the writing staff would talk to me they all came into and no one would speak
1: to me it was weird they're all uh intimidated because they felt you were unapproachable
0: well, yeah, I mean, I was wearing a pashmina and I looked like <laughs> I belong there. Um, no, that's not why they're just they're just probably not allowed to.
1: Yeah, probably. So,
0: yeah. Anyway, that's not a very interesting story, unless you're a wrestling fan and you find that stuff interesting. I mean, when I was in there, the biggest uh, star at the time was the Miz, I guess. Okay. So when you go into the waiting room, there's it's a big building and there's a huge wall that's just like this humongous, full body shot of the Miz, like running to throw a punch, kind of. And it's a huge photograph. It's actually pretty cool. I made out with it. I made out with it.
2: So do we. Rock and Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America, recording on site, vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise, and awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Corn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Except, Bang Tango, King Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slack. Player, Ozzie, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R O C K N P O D dot com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club, School of Rock Nashville, and School of Rock Franklin. A DBG Productions event.
1: Bob Mold is a guy. Uh, he's a singer from Husker du. I don't know if you're familiar with him or the band.
0: Of course I am. Yeah. Kind,
1: kind of an articulate, intelligent kind of guy. He, uh-huh. uh, after Husker Du, he took a job writing for uh, uh, AWA or WWF at the time.
0: He did and, not really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to me, that was just shocking. It's just like, why would you even want to do this? But yeah, he said It, it kind of cleared his head for a while. He was just kind of left left music it had left a bad taste in his you know in his brain for a bit and he just needed a, something else and he was a huge fan so um, but well whatever. that's who
0: they want to hire. I mean I had to do a bunch of research when I went in but I I I talked to like their recruiter and I he liked, I pitched him a bunch of ideas and he liked them so then I got the the meet, I got the flyer out meeting. So like that's what ended up happening, but I had to like spend weeks watching it and and uh, reading the magazines. And I remember we had to watch Monday and Tuesday every. It was it Monday Night Raw or whatever. And hmm. I I started watching it. And then I started getting into it. I'm like, this is kind of fun. Then I wanted to go to a live one. Like <laughs> this is pretty cool. Like I I, I,
1: I think to- I could have fun at a live performance. I went to a monster truck rally. And I could not believe how fun it was. Uh, and it's Stop kind of this, lying.
0: There's kind of, no way that was fun.
1: Oh no! It was. It was a black. I know mean, alcohol was involved. That always helps. No, it yeah. was great. Loud engines, cars getting crushed. When you're seeing it in person. You don't really care that there is no actual, you know. It's like, oh, of course. Oh, look, Gravedigger is going to win again. Uh, but uh,
0: I know. live in L.A. I see cars getting crushed every single
1: day. <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> boring. Uh, I'm Courtney. I live in L.A. I I can do what I want. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, we've kind of gone all over the gamut here. What what do you got to promote right now? I, I, you got some stand-up shows coming up, uh, I believe, anyway.
0: I do. I have a bunch. Um, I'm actually, this weekend, I'm opening for John Reap. He was the last Comic Standing uh, Season 5 winner, and I'm his feature act um, at the Pachanga um Casino and Comedy Club here in swanky Southern California. And then um, after that, I'm going to Boston and I'm doing um, the Hampton Beach Comedy Festival. Jimmy Dunn um, hosted. it. He's from the show The McCarthy's mm-hmm. and he's probably one of the best comics ever. And um, so I'm doing that and then uh, just headlining a show near my hometown, like in Salem, Massachusetts. And um, and then after that, I'm coming to the Rock and Pod and we have a big show at Zany's with Craig Gass and Earl Skakel. I'm supposed to host it, but I, I don't know if I want to host it or I want to open and then have someone local host it because I kind of just want to do a set.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see some of your stand-up. but
0: Yeah. Are you not coming?
1: I am, definitely. I'm oh. saying I would encourage the, uh, the latter if, if, if possible. Well, whatever, I'll have a good time either way. I've, n- I've never seen Earl other than on the uh, uh, roast battle. So I've listened to his podcast and stuff, so I'm looking forward to him. I'm familiar with Craig Gas, you know, enough. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, let me
0: ask you something. Do you think hosting a show and opening are two different things?
1: Only by the way you just described it.
0: It's just harder to go up cold. It's just harder. It's just it's just more work for me to go up cold and like warm up and then I can do my act. If someone's already warmed them up, I can just walk on and do my act. Okay. But, but because I'm good friends with Earl and Craig, it's probably more personable and probably more fun for me to host and bring them up. And then I go on in between and make a joke or whatever and then I'll close out the show.
1: Okay, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, you're kind of like yeah. kind of uh walking the acts through the the day.
0: Yeah, but I still get to do my act. It's just I have to start slower. It's just harder. You know, it's just more work, and so I was thinking hmm, maybe they have someone open, uh, someone else hosts, and I can just go up, which is so nice to just go up to a freshly warmed up crowd because I host so much, which is which is great because it's a, it's a skill because a lot of comics don't like doing it, but I've been doing it for so long that I get I get a lot of hosting jobs, which is fine. I have no ego. I don't care. I just want to work, but um, but it's hard. It's harder. It's hard going up cold, and you just have to kind of sit there and realize you're not going to get big laughs for for a minute or two. You know. You got to take the the smattering of applause, or the, ha, ha, or the <laughs> or the silence. It, it could be silence,
1: you know. Uh, I, have a you booming, I'll, I have a booming, I have a booming, laugh. I can be that one only guy laughing in the back. Uh, I, I'm very good at that. Uh, you know, like okay. when when your joke dies and then there's one guy in the back like, ha,
0: ha, ha, ha. yes, uh, I do. That's what comedians do to each other. If someone tells something that really bombs bad and they were uh, just because everyone knows how they feel at that moment and then they either recover well from it or they say something like about how awful it was. Comed- <laughs> comedians, there's at least one or two who have that ah! laugh in the back of the room like, ah! and uh Everybody uh, kind of does that to each other. It's very comforting to hear the.
1: I would the assume loud so, yes. But, uh... or,
0: yes, it's very comforting.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, what's going on? Are you still working with Ken Mills on Pop It All? Hot.
0: Who? Yeah. Ken and I are doing some popping. The show is kind of all over the place right now. Ken has 65 things going, he's doing the fun size show, which is great, mm-hmm. which I really like. And, um, and then, you know, we've just been kind of doing whatever kind of shows um we don't really have anything like really like planned but i know he wants to talk to todd kearns so i think that will be coming up okay and and um which will be very fun and uh yeah i think that's about it i mean did anyone really do like a post kiss expo indie podcast where they talked about it a lot
1: uh did <laughs> Do that? Uh, we did one, and we didn't go. <laughs> well, I know, but
0: like you got—I mean, it was so awesome. I mean, I mean, I was there. It was, it was great, and I'm just surprised that like no one did like uh, let's talk to people from there and talk about what happened. Or
1: maybe we should have I- had you on. Uh, it would have uh, added a first person perspective. But yeah, we we did an episode on that and an episode on the Vinnie Vincent Atlanta one, uh, and ne- we didn't attend either one. <laughs> We we attended vicariously through uh, cell phone video, but uh, we recapped it.
0: Yeah, well, that's okay. I wrote. I I, I wrote. You jokes sound very
1: this. unimpressed by that. Uh, I'm... No,
0: it's okay. I was just gonna say I, I wrote jokes <laughs> for this roast, and um. In the I'm I'm Europe. getting
1: a baco at the airport vibe right now, Courtney
0: at the airport yeah. will never happen again
3: <laughs> it will
0: never uh, happen again because well I mean did you just think like I was some weird person yeah, or you it, it, it
1: would if, if I took it further we're, we're, we're putting more thought into it than I did at the time I'm just saying instinct first reaction, Now I'm talking to Luce Cannon in the backseat of the car. I think you and I uh, talked a couple things, uh, you know, besides saying our names, but I I really don't remember too much until – because, like, when I talked to you at the expo the next day, it was like, oh, she was the one in the car. (laughs) Oh, Now, now Luce, he knew the whole time. I'm speaking for myself. I want to be here. He's like, yeah, Courtney's going to be on the show. And I'm like, who's Courtney? And, again, it just everything was very much a blur. It's more (laughs) that than me being intentionally uh, a prude. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I have a very, uh, I don't know, dickish way about me, I guess. It would explain my dating life. So.
0: Billy's girlfriend, your dating life since you're married.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, prior, <laughs> it was, I oh. didn't, I didn't get married till I was 37. It was a long haul, baby.
0: Yeah. I didn't get married till uh, my mid thirties either.
1: You know, so. most of my friends, like my whole, uh, uh, social network growing up all in the thirties. Uh, it yeah, was a, and it was almost just kind of a weird thing. How did it? Did all of us end up kind of being? But maybe it's because we all spent too much time with each other. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I cut you off. You were talking about writing some jokes for this uh, indie expo thing or something.
0: Oh no, it was for um, Craig and I were part of the roast of Charlie Hernandez. You know, he's like the legendary production manager. He's was worked with Kiss, with Ozzy. Um, okay. He's been working with Sting forever, and um, so. Uh, we're doing it again this year, but in Palm Springs. And last year we did it in Vegas. And uh, and I remember it was a surprise roast. So he didn't know he was the person getting roasted.
3: Uh-huh. He thought we
0: were roasting his best friend. So he and his wife, I'm with he and his wife like the whole time. I'm there, and I I know everything, and I'm going over his material with him. And meanwhile, I'm going, oh god, he has no idea, you know. So he told me all this stuff, and I used it as material because I was the roast master. <laughs> So I said, uh, you know, Charlie said, don't worry, I'll be funny, I'll be funny. I used to work for Rat. He used to be um, their production manager. He's like, I toured with Rat, so I was always with them and around Milton Berle, so I'm a funny guy. And I was like, that doesn't mean that you're going to be funny. I said, I fucked CeCe DeVille. That doesn't mean I can play guitar, <laughs> and, uh, which is not true. Hey, I can play guitar. I, can oh, play guitar. <laughs> I was
1: going to say it's not true because it does mean you can play guitar, at least as good as <laughs> him.
0: No, I was just trying to think of someone I definitely did not sleep with.
1: Um. (laughs) Oh well, Courtney, I look forward to seeing you in Nashville, August twenty fifth, for the second annual Rock and Pod, which, of course, you're a feature guest this year. Hopefully, you'll find time to swing by the Cobras and Fire Table and chat with us again. What
0: are you talking about? I'm going to be there right. I want to be there right away. So I can, I, so I can pretend that you're Billy's boyfriend.
1: And, um, <laughs> what? And Bloody yeah. Yeah, I, I probably, I'm, mean, I, I am uh, at times Billy's bitch. So I, uh, I, I guess I should, uh, I should feel guilty for feeling the way I did, uh, but I don't because I'm, I'm a dick, as you know.
0: So. Yeah, and 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 Louis Cannon, he. Owes us big time for not being here
1: right now. Yeah, that's the running theme on anytime we have a guest. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a bit of a joke, but uh, he did tell me to say uh, hello, uh, and he uh, wishes he could be here, but. Uh You know, apparently marriage means something different in in his family than it does in mine. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) apparently in mine, too. uh, um, I was going to say, you know, if he wants to do if he wants to do something nice for me when I come to the rock and pod, he can just let me finish a sentence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's the Courtney I was looking for. Right on. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's end on a high note. All right, Courtney. Thank you very much. All the best. Uh good luck with your shows coming up here. And uh out in Boston and Salem. I like to call Boston Beantown. That's kind of my thing. Do uh it. so have fun out there. Um and uh yeah, like I said, we'll see you in uh, the end of August here.
0: All right, see you then. Thanks. <laughs>
1: to put Smash Mouth doing I'm a Believer?
0: Good Lord, no.
3: (laughs) At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great
0: deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog
3: park or wherever.
0: Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to
3: availability. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale.